Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to episode 473 of Same Shit, Different Day for Saturday, September 19th, 2120. I'm Jason DeFilippo. 202120? 2120, it feels like it, doesn't it? Okay, I'm Brian Schulmeister. I'm not used to the date <laughs> thing, and then, okay. <laughs> Threw you off your game there, didn't I? It is 8 in the morning. <laughs> it is 8 in the morning, yes. No. Since, just... uh, since we're giving all the times here. <laughs> yeah, no. It's uh, It just feels like same shit, different day. I was going yeah. through the show notes this morning, and I'm like... Oh, God. Again? Is it Tuesday? Is it Friday? I can't remember anymore. Well, let, let me jump ahead a little bit then right now and 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 talk about something that I had a little further down in the show notes. Uh, my headline of the week award. This has nothing to do with the article itself. You can read it if you choose to or not, but uh, <laughs> this is my favorite headline. Wouldn't it be nice to get knocked out cold with a shovel for exactly six weeks and five days? <laughs> yes, it would. Yes, it would. <laughs> Uh, you can also do that with tequila. Uh, well, yeah, I, I know. But uh, generally, that's frowned upon in child services. Well, there may not be child services anymore at this point. <laughs> that's true. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. So I got a little follow-up here from our uh, dead media beat. Mm -hmm. uh, vinyl sales have surpassed CD sales for the first time in 34 years. Yay! I'm Woo! actually surprised it took as long as it did. Um CDs have been dead for a long time. I don't even know where you can buy them anymore. I think you can still find them on the shelves at truck stops next to eight tracks. Yeah, Target, uh, maybe I Walmart. Guess, yeah, Target <laughs> and Walmart still have them. Most people I know don't even have a CD player anymore unless they happen to have a very old laptop sitting around somewhere. I actually um, just bought a, a new uh, computer for my roommate's mom, and it came with a CD slash DVD reader and burner. Amazing. Woo, yeah. I remember when those were big ticket add-on items. I know, and I got it for a, like a hundred and sixty-five dollars. This that computer is uh, probably mm, uh, let's see, a little bit less than I probably would have paid for my CD burners. That I exactly, <laughs> I know. I mean, it was an HP with eight gig of RAM and like a two hundred and fifty gig hard drive, but it, with Windows ten. So you know, one hundred sixty-five bucks isn't that what it costs to get Windows ten nowadays? Uh, basically, yeah, that's a pretty amazing price. I should uh, yeah remember that next time my mom needs a new computer. Yeah, check out Amazon for those because uh, there are these companies that go to uh, this one comes from a hospital from Evanston, Illinois, yeah. and they just when when. People like, you know, phase out old computers. These guys get them, refurb them, and sell them cheap. And it came with a keyboard and a mouse, too. I was amazed. That's... Wrong power cord, though. But well, fortunately, yeah. I got a few of those laying around. <laughs> yeah. All right. So back to the point at hand. Uh, I, I am surprised it took as long as it did. Vinyl sales have been on the upswing for a while. No, it's not coming back as a medium. Um, friend of the show can just shut up medium. right now. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not. It, it's, a, it's a boutique item. Uh, High-end audiophiles, collectors all that sort of stuff. Uh, hipsters. Hipsters. You know, it's got it's got cachet for that. So uh, and thank God for the music industry, because they've kind of roared back with it to, to some degree. They're they're, you know, producing high end uh, vinyl collections and compilations and thing and reissues and all that sort of stuff because people want them. So they've got a product to sell, which is pretty nice. Uh, there are some stats from this article as well. Uh, overall, the music industry saw a 5.6% bump in profit, totaling 5.7 billion in the first half of 2022. But of course, streaming is 85% of that revenue. Yep. Uh, and there is some good news there. Paid streaming service subscriptions have increased by 24%, which is good to know that people are not just choosing the free options anymore. They're actually ponying up and, and paying for some of their music now and then. And how much of that goes to the artists? Very little. Exactly. That's, that's, so. still, that's still a big problem. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, who cares if the, the robber barons are making more money? The artists definitely aren't. Yeah, yeah, it's still a mess. But, uh, you know, so yay, yay vinyl. Yay, vinyl. <laughs> and uh, I've been living with Facebook and Instagram a bit this week. I was, I've been online a little bit more than, than normal just because random reasons. Some, some friends are going through some stuff and they don't live here. And even if they did live here. I'm not seeing them in person. So, right. you know, we discuss and talk through various channels that are available to us. And uh, I, I've been very aware of Instagram and Facebook's great move to save democracy by apparently giving <laughs> us fucking annoying messages at the top of every page every time we log in about how to vote, registering to vote, blah, blah, blah. You can click the X and it'll go away, but it'll come back when you reload. There needs to be a setting there. 
I, I'm registered. I know how to vote. Kindly fuck right off. We've we've actually clicked the accept cookies button. You know, that's what cookies are for. Yes. So. You're supposed to remember these settings or, you know, at least provide us with please don't give me these messages anymore. I, yes. I know you're trying to do your best to pretend that you're doing something while you're pretend. actively actually <laughs> destroying democracy. But please stop it. Please. Pretty please with sugar on top. Uh, yeah. And uh, we've talked a lot in the past about Android and uh, Apple devices. And I have to say my Apple TV consistently works very well. Unfortunately, uh, I wanted to catch up on Lower Decks and uh, I wanted to uh, watch the Go-Go's documentary, which is on Showtime. And uh, I had some time because my wife wanted to catch up on her Real Housewives binging, which she does for her sanity, which drives me insane. So I get driven <laughs> to the back room. Uh, the back room, I have an Amazon Fire Stick and I had not logged into CBS All Access or, or Showtime or any of that stuff back here. It took me almost the entire evening to get it all set up to run. Oh, my God. Because Seriously? it's horrible. The interfaces are horrible. For whatever reason, the CBS All Access app in and of itself, when downloaded, would not load at all. Uh, uh, deleted it, reinstalled it, still did not load. So then had to go through Amazon because you can go through Amazon and subscribe to services through Amazon instead of yep. the app directly. Uh, would not take my login. So <laughs> even though I'm paying for CBS All Access, if I try to access it through Amazon on the Amazon Fire Stick, it wouldn't let me. So then I was able to sign up for a seven-day free trial. So now you have to remember to <laughs> yep. to cancel that because I'm already paying for it. And did oh, the exact same thing happened with Showtime. So that was fun <laughs> times. That's funny. I actually did have to sh sign up for Showtime through Amazon to watch one show that I wanted, which is why I guess the GoGo's documentary kept showing up on my Amazon account. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't realize it was on Showtime. I was going to watch it this weekend. And uh, yeah, <laughs> now I know. But I've already canceled Showtime because I set a, a calendar reminder to cancel Showtime six days after I started my trial. So I guess I'm going to have to wait for your review, <laughs> see if it's worth it, and then <laughs> sign up with somebody else's uh, credit card for the, the free trial. Spoiler oh, God, alert. Uh, it's uh, worth it. Oh, we'll it is talk good. about that on the next episode. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Okay, well, I'll figure that out then. Yeah. Uh, I don't have that problem with my Rokus, though. That's interesting. Yeah, the I, Rokus I don't, are really easy. Yeah, I mean, I, in general, everything, once I set up, did the initial setup of the Amazon Fire Stick with some of the, the main apps that I use all the time, I really generally haven't had a problem. But, you know, it's always, it's always that uh, when you've got two hours and you really, really want to do something, that everything breaks. Everything falls to shit. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. On the Roku, basically, you have, like, multiple ways to log in. And the best one is they give you just a custom URL. You load it up on your laptop and you log into the service on your laptop, which you generally already are logged in for. And then after, like, five seconds, the TV just refreshes and says, you're logged in. Here you go. It's nice. the best way to do it. Hmm. Might have to get a Roku. Yeah, I got some extras. I'll, I'll float you one. <laughs> I got plenty <laughs> of these things lying around. Uh, speaking of CBS All Access, though, it is mm -hmm. going to no longer be CBS All Access early next year. It will be Paramount Plus. You will conform to <laughs> yes, the naming. <laughs> yeah, well, we should re we should rebrand as Grumpy Old Geeks Plus. Yeah, GOG Plus. That's us now. <laughs> God. All right. Well, fine. I mean, we knew that was going to happen, right? I mean, I kind of I was saying it as a joke, but of course, it's, it's Paramount Plus. Everything is plus now. Everything was I 20 years ago, and now everything is plus. Yeah, everything is plus. But apparently they're doing it because nobody overseas knows what the hell CBS is, but That's they recognize true. the name Paramount. All right. So, Fair enough. Yeah. They should have just called it Star Trek Plus. Seriously. It's really it's Star Trek plus all the shit from CBS. Speaking of Star Trek, though, I did get my shirt from my, my Amazon loot box, my first Star Trek shirt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I canceled. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> the shirts, the, the, the graphics, okay. It's got all the captains and it just says go boldly on it, mm -hmm. which, you know, it's a cool, cool looking shirt, but the, the quality of the t-shirt is god awful. Of course so, it is. Of course. Yeah. There was no way it was going to be good quality. Although I do no. like the fact that you'd wear a shirt that says go boldly as you don't leave your house. I know. <laughs> well, I go boldly on Zoom nowadays. That's where <laughs> I go. In the news... Well, it's finally happened, Brian. Hmm. Trump has uh, Trump has laid down the law on the talk of the tick in the chat of the we. So, well, 
Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> sort of almost because we're recording this Friday morning, uh, as Brian mentioned, eight o'clock, which is the ass crack of dawn. And uh, it has come out that, uh, yes, on Sunday, on Sunday, 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 you mm. might pay for the whole TikTok, but you're only going to need the edge. Uh, they're supposed to be shutting down uh, from all the app stores and anybody that does CDN delivery or payment processing for WeChat or the TikTok uh, has to stop operations. But there's a long time between now and Sunday. There's at least three weeks between now and Sunday. So we'll see how this plays That's out. That's plenty of time for anybody who is thinking about getting these apps to be able to download them. The apps will continue to function except for the payment processing. Mm. Um, so, But the CDN stuff might not. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, you know, that's what VPNs were for. Yeah, it's true. But except VPNs are banned in China. So uh, you're going to be able to do that. I guess you can just go to any other random you country. You can go to any other country. In charge. <laughs> yes, yeah. You can go to any other country. Uh, show slash VPN. Go get your <laughs> private internet access on if you want to keep your TikTok. And I did download the apps this morning because what I'm curious is, uh, will they actually delete the apps later? You know, who knows? But I want to I want to at least have one copy. I threw it on an old iPad just to see if it goes away at some point. Right. Now, the, the real loser here, you've got to be pissed if you're Oracle. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, not just Oracle, Larry. You got to be pissed if you're Larry. Yeah, because you use your cronyism and your connections to score a big hosting deal, basically. And now uh, the, the the orange dumpster fire has basically just said, ha thanks for the money. Uh, we're still going to get rid of it, even though this was what everybody here seemed to want. Yeah. So we'll see. It's, uh, it's, I'm sure there's not going to be any more fundraisers over at Larry's pad for quite nope. some time. Nope. He got burned. So Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll see what's going to happen with this. I, I, I'm not entirely sure. So TikTok, this will, this will happen on November 12th. Uh, WeChat is, is going to be Sunday. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Maybe this next article of mine will uh, will feel uh, outdated because nobody will have TikTok anymore. But I did see this, the curse of TikTok brain. And uh, this kind of goes back more to the music thing, which is kind of my interest. Uh, the author here is talking about how everybody got on TikTok, especially once the uh, pandemic started, including the old people. And uh, going in, the author was aware of the app's problems, how its dance crazes often left original creators without credit. Shocking. It's yep. heavy-handed censorship of some content, the slippery slope towards digital blackface that it paved, although I'd argue that's much more Snapchat's domain. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and of course, the uh, extra national ownership of data thing. So, but the got on anyways. And in the weeks uh, that followed, the author discovered another pitfall of TikTok. It had infected me with an earworm. Oh, God, um, yes. Yes. Suck in a house, house in a house, board. Uh, every video that my roommate played for like a week had that same song. And it got in so much in my head that I would sing that to the dogs to get them to go inside. It just would not go away. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it happens with a bunch of songs. The one in specifics that uh, they're talking about in this article is called Laxed slash Siren Beat, uploaded by producer Josh through 685 in 2019 and has been used in over 55 million TikToks, often as background music for explainer-style content and tutorials, though it has had its own dance <laughs> challenge. How uh, much money has this guy made? <laughs> Uh, probably not very much. Uh, yeah. The phenomenon is experienced wildly enough to have its own name, hashtag TikTok brain. And uh, this is entirely because uh, of the way the system is built and that there are pre-populated options for audio to add to your clips. And uh, whatever yep. pops up in that algorithm first ends up getting used by gazillions of people at that point in time. Yep. yep. It's funny. I was listening to K-Rock on the way to the grocery store this morning. They were talking about another thing on TikTok today. Apparently, there's a new fad with kids filing down their teeth with nail files. Is there really? I don't know. Or is know. this one of those things again? Know. Because, <laughs> don't you know, know, like two idiots do it and then all of a sudden it's, it's the fad and we have to talk about it. Well, the Tide Pod Challenge really did was a thing and, you know, kids got really sick because they're really stupid, which, yeah. Caveat emperor. <laughs> It's like, I uh, know, culling the herd, I think, is more like it, but <laughs> fine by me. Um, yeah, it's TikTok. Yeah. What, what are you going to do? Look, uh, again, like we can talk about all of this. Uh, we've had we, it's just another social media. It's just that's all TikTok is. And if TikTok gets banned, another one will appear and will take over. Or let's be honest, it's going to become Facebook and, and Instagram, Instagram and Instagram Reels. Reels and, yep. yep. So. 
Apparently, YouTube is rolling out a competitor as well. It came out in India this week, so we'll see how that flies. Alrighty. But all the all the TikTok people I know that uh, are in the top 100, which is two of them, <laughs> uh, already went out and made uh, side deals with Instagram and got paid buckets of money. So I think they're going to be okay. Alrighty. Yay. Yeah, somebody who's not going to be okay, though, is the guy who is driving the Uber that ran down the woman in the road in Arizona. Okay. Uh, apparently, this this just kind of drives me a little crazy here. Um, an Arizona grand jury has indicted Rafaela Vasquez. Uh, mm-hmm. He was the guy that was driving, looking around, dicking around on his phone, probably looking at TikTok, when he ran the woman down in the middle of the night. Well... Uh, turns out he's being charged with negligent homicide okay. uh, with a recommended sentence of two and a half years. But the Arizona grand jury is not going after Uber. Must be nice to be Uber. You don't have to Must have employees. Be nice. You're not responsible for anything. Hold on. Was it was a self-driving car project? So he was just supposed to be there monitoring it? Right. So here's the thing. <laughs> uh, well, it's a woman. So. Oh, sorry. Rafaela. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Looked like a dude. Dude looked like a lady. Looked like a dude. But uh, here's the problem: is the reason that that car ran that woman over is because they had all of the safety gizmos turned off. Right. And the driver is not the one that turned them off. Uber turned them off. And hmm. that's why I'm like, I mean, you know, hopefully Rafaela will be able to sue Uber for turning off the, you know, the right. uh, the safety measures in the car. As after she gets out of jail and charge him for time served as well. But uh, yeah, I, I think this is, you know, just just kind of a travesty that Uber is not getting hauled into court for this. It's bullshit. Yeah. And Uber is certainly not stepping up and helping out their their non-employee either. Seriously. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, actually, we don't know that. They might be paying for the lawyers. Yeah, Who knows? That's true. It might be one of those things where they're like, take one for the team. You're going to go to jail for a little bit. You'll serve some time. Good behavior. You won't go in until the roan is over because you got led home with a, an ankle bracelet right now. Okay. And uh, when you get out of jail, we'll take care of you. Just like Travis Kalanick has taken care of everybody else who, who <laughs> steps up and takes one for the team. All right. So, yeah, even though Travis is gone, I'm sure he's still uh, part of it somehow. <laughs> Uh, this is a new one that I, I haven't understood uh, until now. Amazon has hired two mobility experts to lead its e-bike team in New York City. Okay. Now, Brian, were you aware that Amazon had an e-bike team? Uh, uh, no, but, you know, Amazon has a bit of everything these days. I'm not surprised. That's true. That is true. Yeah, the, the last mile problem is what they're trying to solve. And it makes sense in to New have York City. New York City to have, a, you know, basically couriers because that's, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a good use for it. And because, you know, you can't land a drone in a 20th story, or 20th story apartment building. Mm. Uh, be a little tricky there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's interesting. They've got a couple uh, a couple people who are in the mobility space. And uh, brought them on board. I, I don't really even care about them whatsoever. But I just thought it was interesting that they're uh, working on e-bikes for delivery in New York City. Yeah, makes total sense. And uh, yeah, can definitely see it there. There's a, there's a couple other cities where it would make a lot of sense. That would definitely work in Toronto as well. But uh, and most cities, LA, that's not going to really help very much. No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> not really at all. Although my e-bike gets a pretty good gets pretty good mileage, I got to say. Right. But still, you still got to take twice as long to charge the damn thing as <laughs> it does to ride it. But uh, <laughs> now, uh, God, Spotify, Spotify, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Eck is in hot water right now because he has defended keeping up transphobic content from Joe Rogan. But they took down other stuff. So it's he's <laughs> he's walking a tightrope right now. It's like honestly, Look, you you bring I, Joe I, Rogan on. Come on, you just got to keep it all. Yeah, you're, you're all, all in nothing. or nothing. Exactly. Uh, the, this, this this story to me is a little bit crazy. And and if I were Joe Rogan, well, I'm sure they paid him enough money that he doesn't give a shit. But if I were Joe Rogan, I would actually be offended by this. It's it's like you you wanted me enough to give me uh, insane buckets of money, yet you're going to decide piecemeal on some of my shows not to bring over. Right. Yeah. And he's already back in trouble right now for uh, talking about the Oregon forest fires this week, saying that Antifa was setting the fires, which has been proven <laughs> completely wrong, Joe. But I mean, 
God, come on! But look, yeah, it's, uh, look. Uh, he's he's just spotted and uh, he spotted a spot in the marketplace that's been emptied because Alex Jones is gone. Exactly. That that it, Joe Rogan is going to become the new slightly toned down Alex Jones because there's a lot of money in being Alex Jones. There is, especially if you're the gay frogs. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he's Joe's going to Joe, right? And this whole thing is like now. I'm sure he's just he's la- he's got to be laughing all the way to the bank. Like, well, you knew who I was when you gave me that hundred million dollars, <laughs> hundred million dollars uh, for a show that used to be a podcast. Anyway, I just thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, the simple solution is you put everything up. I, you bought in mm-hmm. on Joe Rogan, so you get Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan has a lot of stuff that's not so nice. And not you're, you're going to have to defend. And, yeah. 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 And his, you know, basically his uh, crazy touching friends have all been, uh, <laughs> you know, cancel cultured out right now. So, and that was a lot of his show. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can see why the, the staff would be pissed off. But, you know, he, Daniel knew what he was doing when he signed up Joe. So he's got to take the flack from both sides. He's got to take those arrows mm-hmm. no matter what. I agree. I agree. And uh, speaking of censorship, this is definitely one of my favorite stories of the week just because of what it's based on. So what does John Ham's penis have to do with the Internet freedom and the future of memes, Jason? Ah, God. Quite a lot, believe it or not, following a court ruling in New York. (laughs) A federal judge in the Southern District of New York ruled on Thursday, last Thursday, that digital news outlet The Huffington Post, news should be in quotes, didn't Mm -hmm. violate copyright law when it published a photo of John Hamm with a black box digitally inserted over his dick in a 2014 listicle titled 25 Things You Wish You Hadn't Learned in 2013 and Must Forget in 2014. Ah, simpler times. Yes, simply times. HuffPo, which is owned by the company called Oath, remember them, was yep. sued by Lawrence Schwartzwald, a New York-based photographer who captured the original image and claimed that HuffPo infringed on his copyright. Now, the ruling, first reported by Zoe Tillman of BuzzFeed News, notes that lawyers for Huffington Post argued that publishing their version of the photo was perfectly legal because it was transformative. I know we all remember these rules back in the early days of the internet. You have to modify an image three to four ways, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. HuffPost's version contained a superimposed text box, photo caption, and a title, which together fundamentally transformed the character and purpose of the photographer's use. Judge Abrams agreed, pointing out that the joke worked on multiple levels. Unlike the original photograph, which plaintiff claims had the objective purpose of illustrating what John Hamm looks like without... Looks like wearing trousers in public while he walks down the street, ostensibly without any underwear. Oath's use of the photograph served the dual purpose of mocking both Hom and those who found the photograph newsworthy in the first instance. The text box with the words image loading in all caps, a play on words that alludes to both the nature of digital technology and the body part at issue, suggests that Oath is making fun of Ham, not merely illustrating his appearance. The judge was able to sneak in a subtle dig at HuffPo in a ruling noting that the listicle <laughs> listed multiple times as 25 things we wish he hadn't learned in 2013 it must forget in 2014 may or may not qualify as news but it doesn't really matter anyways so basically if you're making memes you can use any photograph you want as long as you do a couple changes to it such bullshit this is (laughs) such a bullshit ruling that photographer has to be so pissed off right now yeah i'm sure he is yeah you take a picture of ham's huge hog and you know what God, you think you just, you know, you're going to cash in ka-ching because I'm, I'm sure TMZ paid for it when they used it because I, I remember seeing it on TMZ. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really wish Ham's Huge Hog was a hoax, like, you know, because he used to be a stand up comedian and he just basically wears this giant fake dick wherever he goes. But uh, <laughs> sadly, no, I've heard. Did you hear about uh, the women on Mad Men complaining about it, trying to no. dress him on the show? No. Yeah, he doesn't wear underwear, and they're like, it's almost impossible to hide the thing so damn big. <laughs> the, the, his wardrobe ladies really were not happy with Ham's huge hog. <laughs> Are you hungry? I am. Which means it's a perfect time to talk about Factor. Why not make your spring a breeze with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals? Picture this. Every meal is fresh, never frozen, crafted by top chefs, and has the dietitian's thumbs up. Plus, they're ready to roll in just two minutes. You've got 35 mouth-watering options to choose from each week. Whether you're into calorie-smart keto, ramping up your protein, or keeping it green with vegan and veggie, Factors got you covered. And there's more. 
Each week brings over 60 extras, including breakfast, grab-and-go lunches, snacks, and drinks to keep your energy up and your taste buds happy all day. So, what's the holdup? Dive in today and give your spring the tasty kickstart it deserves. As someone who's lived off microwave meals for most of his life, I can confidently say that Factor's chef-crafted dishes blow anything else I've had out of the water. The chicken stays juicy, the veggies are crisp, and the flavors are absolutely delicious. I'm talking about meals like their artichoke and spinach chicken and the spicy poblano beef bowl out of this world. Are you craving a touch of gourmet? Well, check out the meals featuring luxury ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. It's fancy dining without the fuss. And speaking of no fuss, the meals are a total breeze. Forget about prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Just heat up your meal and enjoy the deliciousness. Plus, everything's tailored to fit your life. Customize your weekly meal plan to get exactly what you need whenever you need it. Need to pause or shift your deliveries? No problem. It's all designed to work around your schedule. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. And Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com slash grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Today's episode is sponsored by Private Internet Access, America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. Even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show slash VPN, you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to gog.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. That's gog.show slash VPN. Ups and doodads! So I updated my uh, lady in the tube this week. I still had a first-generation Amazon Echo uh, sitting in the bedroom. And... Uh, in pandemic times, we've spent a lot more time in the bedroom with the kid and all that sort of stuff, playing a lot of music. So I needed an upgrade because the thing was getting slow. And uh, they had the Echo Plus second generation premium sound with a built-in smart home hub, Heather Gray, on sale on Amazon. So I ordered it. And then I also saw the Amazon trade-in program, which will take my old lady in the tube and give me a couple ducats, not a lot, but... They'll also give you 25% off future purchases if you do the trade-in. So that's quite a deal if you're looking to do your upgrades if you haven't thought about these things in a while. Did you did you use the bucket of Echoes that I gave you to trade in? <laughs> no, because I still have those. Uh, some, most of those are – well, the, the, the big ones are set up at my mom's. The small hockey pucks I couldn't even give away. So I think they, yeah, they went to recycling garbage. at some point. So. Aww. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, so yeah, uh, the the next generation has much better sound. I will give them that. And I also saw that you could actually hook up two of them to create a stereo experience. I, I'm not Ooh. sure how well that works, but I'm definitely going to give that a try at some point when I actually have room to do so and the time. Uh, but uh, but I'm very impressed by it. It looks a lot nicer, obviously. It's a lot smaller with a smaller footprint. It's not as tall, which is great. And uh, it really does sound a lot better. So definitely worth the upgrade. Huh, that's pretty good because the first gen was sounded pretty damn good. Yeah, this is better. <laughs> oh, even more better. Mm -hmm. What's not better is the Echo Dot third gen with clock with Mandalorian the Child Stand. <laughs> this thing is the 
It did, what the hell? It's it's <laughs> it's pretty ugly. <laughs> it's not impressive at all. No, it's just an echo with ears. That's it. And I, I guarantee they didn't pay for licensing on this. No way. No, because it doesn't even look right. Like, yeah. <laughs> There's no yeah, way they paid even, for licensing. Even though they called it Mandalorian the Child Stand. I'm sure somebody will take that down. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. And, and I was thinking, you know, we always call it the Lady in the Tube. Mm-hmm. There was an original lady in the tube long before the Amazon Echo. Hmm. Fleshlight. No. Well, <laughs> Fleshlight no. was the original lady in the tube. Come on. Uh, well, it's, it's more Ham's hog in the tube. Well, Ham's hog in the lady in the tube. There you go. <laughs> oh, but speaking of the Mandalorian, Disney has won its first Emmy Awards. Well, Disney Plus won their first Emmy Awards. Well, so well, even though well the done. Emmys aren't done yet, but. <laughs> Not out yet. These were the creative Emmys. So, um, but yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. All for the Mandalorian. Well worth it, especially for the creative stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't. I, I am purposely not watching the Mandalorian trailers. I'm going to wait for it to come out and watch it then. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want spoilers. I don't want to see anything. This is one of those ones where I'm, I'm laying down the law. No trailers for the Mandalorian. I watched it. It didn't give much away. I'm there, still not going to watch it. There no. may be future trailers that will probably give a lot more away, but uh, the, I got the feels from it. I'm very excited about seeing it. I'm already excited, so I don't need to. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about apps, and I know we're going to get into Apple's event at some point, but we'll do that. Uh, I was using uh, SafePass, which is a citizen's yes. contact tracing app, and it's the LA-approved one. I've been using it for the last, I don't know, week or so after you said that you had installed it. And what it's taught me is that there's absolutely no point in using SafePass. None whatsoever. None. None whatsoever. I think there are maybe 1,000 people that have it installed in my general area. Uh, the app tells me that there's a bit over a million that have it installed nationwide. Uh, so point not not zero one percent of people, which is nowhere near the critical levels that we would need for them to actually make any difference whatsoever. Yep. Um, I've had five Bluetooth contacts apparently in the last week, which I'm assuming is probably from my bike rides as I go ten miles up and down uh, the area, and I'm sure I pass a couple people and the, you know joggers and whatnot that are probably pretty safety conscious. So mm -hmm. self selecting sample. Uh, yeah, there's there's absolutely no point in having this installed, and it does seem to do a bit more bad battery drain than my phone is usually getting. Yeah. And all it does is tell me, hey, if you open the app, it's actually more useful. <laughs> like, don't re we're like, remember to open the app. I'm like, well, I, if the app's open, I still close my phone and lock my phone. So what yeah. the hell are you talking about? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and again, it's all, it's all, it all, it's all, it requires you to do all the work. Obviously you have to report if you're sick or not. So I don't know. Do I trust all of humanity? Uh, no. The past six months have taught me no. Uh, so, yeah, I just uh, there's there's no point in it. I guess contact tracing is is dead as a theory for America. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Great. I can uninstall it now. Yep, I'm going to do the same for <laughs> sure. Now the skies have finally cleared up here mm -hmm. in in lovely SoCal for a little while until the next batch of fires comes through. And I was looking out my window the other night, and I saw the moon and what was obviously a planet underneath it. And I'm like, ooh, I bet that's Venus. Let me go check. And I got out the Sky Guide app on my iPad and mm -hmm. could not get the damn thing to work. It wouldn't – like the compass wouldn't move. I could right. manually drag it around and try and figure it out, but – I had to go down the rabbit hole to figure out why my damn thing wouldn't work. Here's a here's a pro tip. Jason's pro tip corner. Okay. Uh, if you have an iPad or a um, iPhone that has any kind of magnet in the case, it will not work because it blows the compass out. So ah. I took off my magnetically attached iPad case and boom, works like a charm. And uh, the new version, version eight's out now for Sky. It came out like in between me trying to figure this damn thing out. That's a really cool app. That's all it I got to say. It, it is, is really, so cool. <laughs> it's it's so well done. It's very cool. Uh, a little too advanced for my kid at this point to geek out on. So I've got some kids versions of that that are that are also good as well that I've talked about in previous episodes. But yeah, it, it's a bitchin' app. 
Yeah, I remember when you know, it came out for the iPad one when it first, you know, when these things first came out, mm-hmm. and uh, it was so slow you could you had to like move it at like one inch increments. <laughs> and now this thing is in real time, you know, and you can look through the planet, see what's what's going on down there, where the sun's at, and all this. It's fun. Yeah, it's a really fun app. You just click on anything, and you get all the yeah the super technical information that I'm just like blah, blah, blah. I don't know what you just said there. So it was, <laughs> it's a good app. I really enjoy it, and I'm not even a space guy. Yeah. So. I look out to the stars and realize the, my insignificance in the universe, and then I just go have a beer. <laughs> That's how it generally works. Nice. Yeah. So uh, over at 9to5Mac, they have a commentary on yesterday's Apple event was a solid one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted my hour back when I was done with it because <laughs> it was just a you know big, long, slow-plotting ad. But uh, it was cute that they had Craig Federici sit, like, you know, in the interstitials because he's usually up there for the iPhone stuff. But there's no iPhones. But it was cute. If you're a fanboy, good inside joke. Uh, but, man, yeah, it was definitely too long. And I was pissed off that there was no iPad mini. Yeah, that bums I, me out, too. I love the iPad mini. I think it's, a, yeah. it's, it's just such a great form factor. It's such a wonderful size. And not to yeah. get any further updates on that is kind of bumming me out. But it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, I want them to I want them to rev it and take away the damn home button on it. And basically do what they did with all the other ones. Now, you can keep the Touch ID, put it in the top, go go from there and just give us more screen real estate on it. But that form factor, that size is perfect. Mm-hmm. So are you going to get a watch? Uh, no, I, I'm fine with mine. Okay. You, you said you were interested in the, the cheaper version. Yeah. So I thought maybe you would yeah, pull the it's trigger. A, it's uh, Mine's working just fine. And okay. There's not much in it. It's like there's not much in it that makes me want to upgrade. There's not enough to, to entice me. <laughs> yeah, I've got a fifth gen, and the only thing really that the sixth one has is, you know, the blood pulse oximeter stuff in it. And I've already yeah. got one that I spent $18 at Amazon on, and it works just fine. Yeah, I, I think Don't, I'm good waiting for yet another revision to see what the next version has. Yeah. Yeah, well, the the fun part about this, which I had no idea when they announced uh, iOS 14 was coming out, it was news to the developers. <laughs> it was yeah. big news. They <laughs> had no idea that it was coming out in a couple of days. So a lot of app developers didn't get their updates out on time. Yeah. So they're they're kind of irked at Apple well, right now. I'm I'm kind of irked too because I've installed iOS 14, and uh, you know what? Developers did have plenty of time to tinker around with stuff. Apple's. They make changes just to make changes, and it's starting to drive me insane. Now, I know we're all just going to get used to it because that's what we all do, and we bitch at it at the time, and after a month or two of using these things, it's just the way it is. But all of their built devices, fitness, uh, I know you don't use their podcast app, podcasts, they have changed the UI so much to make it look cooler it but it all now it takes more clicks to get all the normal stuff done because you used yep. to have a lot more information on your screen when you launched when you launched fitness now you got to scroll or click different buttons to get your granular data that was just there before thanks the podcast app used to just have a list of the upcoming podcasts that i have downloaded now it's got nice pretty screens of everything and i have to scroll and find and download and then, then i can finally <laughs> get a list of the freaking podcasts that i want to listen to why must they keep changing things for no reason they're literally it makes me wonder if the designers and developers actually use their own products that they're well, messing they gotta, around with they gotta it's, it's job security man you gotta keep updating you know you got yeah. to well you got it's to. horrible well <laughs> i since i couldn't care less about the podcast app uh fitness doesn't bother me because all i do is use it on my watch i never even open the app on the phone Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I have to say that the iPad OS update with the uh, the pencil updates mm-hmm. worth the price, worth the price of admission, which of course is free. free. Yes, but uh, the new Scribble stuff they have, man, that is cool. Although the <laughs> biggest problem is it can't tell the difference between an S and a five if it doesn't have context. If you just write an S, it always comes out as a five, which ah. is crazy. But for the most part, I have terrible handwriting, and it is like a rock star. So cool. That part is really cool. Do you have, do you use a pencil on your iPad? Hardly ever. I got it. I I have it. I just never use it ever. I, I'm much better at typing. <laughs> yeah, I just I I like it because of my it, it for the RSI factor. It's much right. easier to just use a pencil, and I like it in the notes because I like to just scribble notes. And this this new version of Notes on the iPad is just stellar. Stellar. We'll talk about note taking in a second, but uh, I, you know, the funny thing about it is, if you didn't tell me what the updates were, I, I couldn't tell you that it was updated. Seems pretty <laughs> much the same to me. Uh, oh, that well. app pain is just really stupid, but 
let yeah. me skip down a little bit into the links then again. Uh, I'll move this up later. But uh, there is the 17 things you can do in iOS 14 that you couldn't do before from Gizmodo. So you can learn all about the things. It is, again, it's like that no manual comes anymore, right? So if you just yeah. installed iOS 14, you wouldn't even know that there's all this other stuff there now. And some of it is pretty cool. I, I like the widgets that you can now put on the home screen. It would be great if you could customize them a bit more because um, there's a scrolling one, but it kind of looks like you just get the default of what Apple thinks you should have as opposed to being able to put whatever you want in it. I'm you sure can edit that. You come. can edit those. Yeah, okay, you can edit good. those because I took out the the one that was the, you know, the AI generated memories yeah. that I ne- didn't want to see. Yes, exactly. Like, okay, I don't, don't care about those. Stop it, guys. Stop it, guys. So I do but, like uh, that and I like the whole yeah. app library thing. I think that's great because then I can kind of delete out a lot of these things on my pages and just have, you know, for the OCD in me, it's nice. Yeah, I'm not super fanny about that, but uh, I do have to say though that there is kind of a manual when you open up an app that has new features. It kind of gives you a walkthrough yeah, for some of them. So, that's true. Yeah, you, good luck getting back to it. But if you, <laughs> you can never see it again if you accidentally yeah. just click out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, it's very mission impossible. This message will self destruct in 15 seconds. You better figure it out now, boy. <laughs> so. Oh man, uh, the other interesting thing though is that uh, Apple Fitness. Yes. Yeah, and you saw Peloton stock took a giant dump as soon as that was announced. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I'm fine with them taking down Beachbody because Beachbody is an MLM scam and nobody should ever use them. Uh, If you didn't know Beachbody was an MLM scam, go Google it. It is. And we don't like MLM scams. No, we don't. uh, But uh, some some of us may use Beachbody because they like their programs. Okay, fine, fine, fine. But they're in trouble now, too. Let's be honest. Yeah, they definitely (laughs) are. Because um, everybody that I know that uses those are on Apple devices. So, and if you get the the Apple One bundle, then you can get it get it uh, all together. And I was looking at the bundles. The thirty dollar bundle actually isn't too bad because you do get two terabytes of iCloud storage. It's it's like the uh, the movie theater soda model. Right. You can have you can have this tiny one for ten dollars. You can have this little bit bigger one for eleven dollars, or for twelve dollars you can get the ginormous <laughs> half a half a keg of Coke. Yeah, then they just turn on the turn on the tap and let it run. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I I don't know if I'm going to use it or not. I'm pretty happy with my Google storage, which would cost me 20 bucks a month for two terabytes. But for, you know, 10 bucks more than you get all of the other Apple services, it might make sense. But yeah. the trick is, do you trust iCloud to not screw up? <laughs> eh, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've decided I'm just never going to use Apple Music. So one of these bundles, because they burned me far too many times. So these oh, bundles yeah. don't make too much sense for me. Uh, I'll keep getting my Apple TV for free as long as I can by buying new devices. Uh, <laughs> I have no interest in Apple Arcade. so None whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, Apple Fitness, uh, we'll see. We'll see what they offer. Um, I, I have uh, I have, I have Beachbody that you don't like, and I'm happy with them. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, and I have a real bike, so I don't need to ride a bike in the house to actually, yeah. <laughs> you know, get my get my pedal on. But uh, speaking of the music side of things, Spotify is back going after Apple because of the Apple One subscription. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I everybody's pissed at Apple right now, but you know what? Hey, get in line. <laughs> Get in line. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I mean, I kind of get it. It's, uh, you know, I, I can understand why competitors would be annoyed because Apple is using its its ability to, and its clout, which, you know, mm-hmm. good on them. They, they can be allowed to do that. Uh, they would have an issue if Apple just decided not to put Spotify on their devices. But exactly. They it's don't. Com- they yeah, allow that. So it's competition. Uh, you know, they're not trying to drive Spotify out of business. They're just saying, and here's our product. And yes, we're going to bundle it with some of our other products. So it might be a little cheaper than your product. Daniel Eck, I remember, told musicians that maybe they just should release more music. Maybe Daniel Eck should just charge a little less. Yeah. yeah you're not paying the musicians anyways. By the way, Spotify bundles too because you get Hulu with it now. Yep, that's so true. they're they're doing the same damn thing. Yes, I agree. And yeah. on the Spotify podcast tip, they have belatedly added notifications for new podcast episodes. Now, having not used Spotify for podcasts, uh, one of the most important things that I like to get is notifications when new episodes come out. And it is shocking that they did not have that, but they do now. But you actually have to go to a podcast show page on Spotify and click follow to get note and then switch on the option to get notified of new episodes to actually get notified if you have a new podcast in Spotify. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I have so many podcasts and overcast that I know that I'm going to have a new show as soon as I open it up. <laughs> so I don't really need notifications to, for a new episode. <laughs> yes. That would actually get really annoying. I got 10 new episodes a day coming through. It's too many dings. Mm-hmm. And I said we were going to talk about note-taking a little more. And everybody's been telling me about Rome Research. It's mm-hmm. a new uh, way to take notes. Um and, you know, everybody is very culty about it right now, which makes me very scared. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't trust that. It's expensive as fuck. It's like 165 bucks a year. There's no apps and it's all online. So I don't know why everybody's going bug nutty about this. So I'm putting this out there. If you're listening to the show right now, drop me an email and let me know why this thing is so damn good. I've watched the videos. I thought about giving it a shot because I'm a, I'm a massive note taker and Apple notes seems to do the job for me right now. It's, it's all this stuff about linking notes though. <laughs> I love, I love Apple notes. I think it's great. Uh, this, this one quote uh, in and of itself makes me want to run screaming from this app. Uh, this is from Sarah Constantine, the executive director at the longevity research Institute. The most exciting piece of software I've yet tried, a replacement for the essay, has the potential to be as profound a mental prosthetic as hypertext. It's, oh it's a note app. It's a note app that you can link <laughs> notes in using Markdown, basically, is what it is. Okay. And it is expensive, of course. It's a subscription-only model, of course. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it is uh, believer-level 500 bucks for five years, 100 bucks a year for a note app. It's 160 something if you just get it now. Wow. Regular. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, no what? When I do like big note projects, I use Scrivener. Scrivener has an incredible note taking section in it with with note cards and all that stuff. So I don't see what the big deal is here and I paid for Scrivener once or I did the upgrade maybe a year and a half ago and I get free updates and it works with iCloud so it's on all my devices and I don't have to pay every month. So I think I might just stick with Scrivener, you know. All right. So I know you're talking about how Rome research was a bit culty, but I have to say it's been a rough year. Um, 2020 has not been fun. And uh, we've spent a lot of time, seven years now, talking about how horrific the internet is. I I am here to announce the most important plugin that has ever been made. Okay. What is it? It will change your life. It is like a mental prosthetic for cooking. Okay. We have finally the recipe filter. What's it do? The recipe filter seeks out recipes buried in pages and shows them to you in a handy pop-up. This extension will detect recipes on any page you visit and will highlight them at the top of the page. Easy. No more scrolling past the entire fucking story about the trip the stupid girl took to Tuscany with her boyfriend. And 7,000 <laughs> pages later, you actually get the recipe for veal. Okay. It's I like it. awesome. I've installed it. Because I'm always looking recipes up online, and it's always scroll, 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 photos, 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 scroll, scroll, scroll. Here I am smiling in Italy. Scroll, 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 scroll. Recipe. Boom. This thing pops it up right away when you load the page. It's amazing. I love it. I love it. Can you donate to the the author and give him some money to make sure that the development continues? I didn't actually look. I just installed it last night, so I will find that out. But uh, yes, this is this is amazing. I can't believe that it didn't exist before. Probably did. I just wasn't aware of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but this one is it, it's just great. And boy, boy, does it serve a real need. All right, I'm installing now. Security. Ha! We're joined again this week by Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast. Dave is also the co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans, with Joe Kerrigan, as well as the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy, as well as surveillance and privacy. How did duty dare, Dave? Hello. Hello, 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 hello. I have to say, I am in a good mood today. It's been a good week. I am... I'm in a good mood. Well, good for you. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm the one. <laughs> yeah, can I borrow a cup? <laughs> it's it's inexplicable, you know. Everything going on around the world, there's no reason for it, but uh but uh, no, I have my reasons and I'm in a very good mood, so hopefully some of that will rub off on everyone around me, but uh Excellent. So I'll well, take I'm it. A, I'm happy I'll, for I'll you. I'll take it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank is you. this the first week in a while where you haven't launched a new podcast? Is that why you're happy? <clears throat> Actually, you know what? That could be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he's just sitting there in a full stormtrooper outfit, just not letting on. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's exactly. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or just the helmet and no pants. It's okay. Either one works. Mm, yeah. well, you know, ha- happy it's... Friday. <laughs> 
Stormtrooper helmet, furry, uh, rest of it all. Yeah. <laughs> ah, <laughs> business on top, party on, down below. Oh, the summon Bittner channel go. on our Discord is exploding as we speak. Yes, yes, <laughs> I know. I, I shouldn't feed that beast, and yet here I go. <laughs> all right, well, we, our first story up is a light story. I thought it was a lighthearted story to start the day off. And uh, Tony Abbott, former prime minister of Australia, Australia, uh, was hacked after posting his boarding pass on Instagram. And the guy who, quote unquote, hacked him, I don't, it wasn't that much of a hack, really, uh, ended up got, getting in touch with the proper channels, the proper authorities, and uh, everybody fixed the bug. Everything turned out fine. And uh, it's one of those happy stories, but it's also a cautionary tale, which you shouldn't post documents like that to Instagram, no matter yes, who right. you are. That is, uh, is not a wise thing to do. Apparently, they were able to get his uh, phone number and passport details, which could have become quite a big deal. But it was obviously a very nice hacker who did not want to do anything nefarious with this information. Yes. And yeah. If anything has a barcode right on it, don't don't post a picture <laughs> of it or yeah. anything that uh, anything that has a barcode on it that is associated with you. Yeah. Don't post a picture of it because who knows what's encoded in that barcode, which is what was what happened here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, so, man, I got to take down those pictures of my barcode tramp stamp that I got in the 90s. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty – that it? was a cyberpunky cool thing to do back in the day. People it was. Yeah. figure out what they wanted to, to your MySpace code for. page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Friendster. You know. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, speaking of security for politicians, Twitter is vowing to step up in time for the elections here uh, for elected officials and other high profile figures ahead of the election. They are going to require users with weak passwords to update their logins and will encourage them to enable two factor authentication. The company will also enable password reset protection to prevent unauthorized password resets and impose other measures to protect against hackers. So they are going to uh, do a couple of other things as well. More sophisticated detections and alerts to help us and account holders respond rapidly to suspicious activity. Increased login defenses to prevent malicious account takeover attempts. Expedited account recovery support. That would mean any support to ensure account <laughs> security issues are resolved quickly. Uh, they are applying this to all politicians at federal and state levels, as well as people associated with political parties, campaigns, and candidates in U.S. House, Senate, or gubernatorial races. They are also going to apply this, and I do like this move by them, to major U.S. news outlets and political journalists. Twitter helping the mainstream media again. Why don't they roll it out for everyone? Yeah, that is a that? good question. I also I also have concerns here. Uh, they are going to say they're going to require users with weak passwords to update their logins. Now, technically, they shouldn't know what your password is. That should be hashed seven ways from Sunday. So they shouldn't know exactly what your password is. So how hmm. do they how do they know that? Hmm, indeed. Hmm, indeed. Can they can they infer the complexity of it based on the hash? Generally not. Once it's hashed, it's a you know usually a pretty big string, no matter yeah. what you put into it. So I think what they might be able to do is the next time you log in, force they can a change. do force a change, and they can you know, they can do analysis on login when you do it. But most people, I mean, I haven't logged back into my Twitter account in you know six months. I just stay logged in all the time. Right. So, um, I don't see how that could go. But it's uh, it's interesting. That's just an interesting little thing that I saw there that caught my attention. The thing that caught my eye was that they say they're going to encourage them to enable two-factor authentication. I think they should require them to enable two-factor authentication. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting nice. thing, but something I want uh, that, that caught my attention that they don't really talk about in this thing is, is, again, a lot of these people don't necessarily run their own Twitter accounts. Now, obviously, more and more we're seeing people do that as younger and younger people are uh, getting involved in politics. And obviously, the reporters are, are pretty savvy about this stuff. But uh, again, going back to my own past of running accounts for uh, musicians and things like that, when you do two-factor authentication, uh, that becomes a whole new level of weirdness. Like, like who gets the authentication if you're having someone else running your Twitter account? Right. right. Yeah. It's not like you can have multiple authenticator apps. Exactly. So that immediately time. crossed my mind is like, okay, so now every single time I, I need to log, log in, who's the, the text is now going to, you know, uh, Senate candidate 
uh, 75-year-old XYZ guy who's getting a code <laughs> texted to him who now has to send that code to me so I can be uh, – as his staffer yeah. who can do his tweets and blah, 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 blah. So I don't necessarily think that that's really they, – they need to have some sort of other way to deal with, uh, with accounts that are being handled by staff. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a way to have multiple authenticator apps linked to the same account. I, I'm guessing there has to be, and because you should, you should not use SMS as your second factor. I mean, no, we all know that. But now. let's be honest, yeah. most people do. Yeah, but they shouldn't. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, so. we deal with that little dance some with some of some accounts in two factor here, where there are multiple people who need access to things, and and you know, one person has the access, and so. You know, every now and then you'll see something come by on the Slack, you know, who 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 tried to log into such and such? Here's your code, you know, like yeah. that sort of thing. So it's definitely not perfect, but um Well they need to do the like Twitter key fobs, like the RSA key fobs. So mm-hmm. everybody has like, you know, a generating key fob with them at all times so they can log in if they have to. But right. yeah. they right. won't do that. <laughs> they won't do that. <laughs> right. No, they right. won't. Uh, I saw another interesting article. Uh, We've talked a lot about machine learning biases or AI. And again, I've been beaten down by journalists so much that I no longer even care. But uh, this article just, you know, switches between machine learning and AI randomly and for no reason or rhyme or model. So so (laughs) shall we for the sake of this discussion. But uh, yeah, they, they were talking about how, you know, we have this machine learning bias and there is a way that we can fix this by using fake data. And I did not realize that fake data is now being used all the time uh, by particularly startup AI companies because they need to train their models to be able to compete with the big boys, the Googles and whatnot, who have access to tons and tons and tons of data. And data is expensive these days, and it's time-consuming to collect it yourself. So they're starting to use synthetic AI created by AI for AI. And it's yeah. a cheaper and faster option, but what they're discovering is that it can actually amplify harmful biases in the data. Because if you give a bunch of data for white people, and then all of a sudden you're using an AI to create more fake data, they're creating more fake white people, not an actual usable uh, AI that would uh, get rid of those biases. But what they've discovered is, of course, there are ways to inject your fake data with fake non-biased information so once again ai is people because we have to sit and watch the ai (laughs) and train the ai to not be racist yeah (laughs) bias all the way down yep it's bias all the way down i just found it really interesting that we're actually at the point now where instead of using real data we, we have companies that are making a lot of money generating fake data Mm hmm there's so much Mice? fake data on the internet, though. Why can't they just <laughs> let a, like a web crawler go out and get as much as they want? Jeez. Well, my it's, take it's on kind this of specific. Is, yeah, yeah I, I, my take on this is that it, it just kind of shifts the problem one layer away. Yeah, right. It's even further I, mm-hmm. down the black box now, right? Right, so. right. I, I, I can't say I really understand this, and and it may be because it because of how much it leaves me scratching my head and going, wait, wait what? <laughs> I guess I mean I could see I don't know I, I guess I could see being able to train up the AI so that when you feed it the real data it's ready to go yeah but again what what good I mean it's like it, you can use all the sports analogies in the world you know what if I train you to be a major league baseball player but everything I've been sending I've been throwing you wiffle balls the whole time yeah You're I not mean I'd be ready for that I suppose the sports analogy is is a good thing if you can run say 35 years of, of baseball series uh, of full seasons with and and kind of try to figure out patterns and things of that nature maybe you can transfer that to the real world somehow as opposed right. to using uh, you know basically you know the, the past 100 years of baseball history most of which isn't relevant because rules changes blah 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 so that's kind of what they're doing and they talk about the department uh, the US Department of Veteran Affairs are basically using it to create what they're con- calling realistic medical histories for thousands of fake patients in order to study disease patterns and treatment patterns Okay, hmm. so you know, I'm I, thinking like, what if you if you fed an AI a hundred years worth of football games mm-hmm. versus feeding an AI a hundred years of Madden, right? Right? Yeah, a hundred okay. years of Madden, just Madden playing against itself. The Buffalo Bills still as, lose. 
<laughs> using that as your training thing because you know madden is based on real information it's based on but but madden has its own flaws for sure so what would what would come out different if you fed the system madden versus real uh could, is it possible that madden would be more accurate because madden has been has had its edges sanded off you know right madden doesn't have some of the the social things from the early days of the sport and, and things like that that could could cause things to head in different directions like, it's an interesting thing to think about mm -hmm. it is and uh, a little bit terrifying <laughs> and by interesting we mean terrifying <laughs> as per usual on this show <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, speaking of interesting and terrifying, uh, <laughs> I have a story that uh, got a lot of attention this week over on the CyberWire. And uh, this is a situation where you know, Microsoft released their normal monthly Patch Tuesday list of things that they patched. Yes. And mm -hmm. there was one that came out. It was CVE 2020-1472. Ah, uh, yes. Chestnut. Good old CVE 2020. <laughs> uh, I remember sitting by the fire with old <laughs> CVE 2020-1472. Yeah, right. And uh, and people – it had a, a, a maximum – score on it. So it was a serious sort of thing. But about a week after Patch Tuesday, when people really started digging into it, uh, the response from the security community was, holy crap, this is, <laughs> this is really a big deal. Uh, the folks here, this article we've linked to from Ars Technica, one of the researchers called it an insane bug with a huge impact. <laughs> um, and basically what it allows you to do is if you have access to a network, if you can get into someone's network, you can use this bug to have uh, very easily get yourself admin control over the network. Yeah, uh, um, Windows is always. I haven't used Windows in many years now, but uh, Windows was always that Active Directory is is a scary thing, and anything that accesses it needs to be super tight and reviewed a lot. And when something gets in there, and they, somebody finds something in there, that is that is bad for you. And this is always uh, Microsoft has a long history of these these updates bricking your machine. Uh, so people are often very gun shy about installing any update that comes out on release day uh, because invariably uh, a better one comes along a couple days later that is actually will work without destroying your machine. I mean, that's happened back in the day for me with my Windows machines a gazillion times, so much so that I turned off auto update and would wait a couple days. So yeah, it that, happened to that me last week. Yeah, <laughs> really? I, I was updating my PC last week and I was going through the you know, the process, and then it just rebooted in the middle saying, okay, Windows is installing. It got to 45% and then, yep. you know, got in a reboot loop, reboot loop, reboot mm. loop, reboot loop. And unfortunately, mm. I could, uh, you know, go back to a previously saved state and then try again. And it worked the second time, but it's like, you know, that was four hours of my day gone sitting yeah. here watching my PC <laughs> reboot over and over again. It's the worst <laughs> feeling in the world. Yeah. 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 Well, this, uh, this exploit is, is called Zero Logon. Uh, it was uh, put together by some researchers at the security firm Secura. Mm -hmm. And uh, it works by sending a string of zeros in a series of messages that use the NetLogon protocol. Um, and uh, I love there's a part of the this article again from Ars Technica that I highlighted. It's they say the vulnerability stems from the Windows implementation of AES CFB8 mm -hmm. or the use of AES cryptography protocol with cipher feedback to encrypt and validate authentication messages as they traverse the internal network. I, I'm of course, I mean, what else would it have done? Uh, yeah. But here's the fun part: it says for AES CFB8 to work properly, so-called initialization vectors must be unique and randomly generated with each message. Windows failed to observe this requirement. No! <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So somehow by sending a string of zeros, it, that's, that's the ball game. Um, another interesting part of this is uh, I, I, Microsoft issued a patch on this. That's what triggered the awareness of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it seems like Microsoft has also said we're going to have another patch for this out this coming April, I believe. Right. Which means we've we've sent out a band aid, but the yeah. the underlying, underlying issue problem, <laughs> right, is going to require a little more doing. So stay tuned for yeah. that. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's kind of the nature of Windows and has been for a long time. So, uh, you you know, you got to give them credit for they 
tend to find things and they tend to patch them and they tend to eventually get getting around to fixing root causes. But the insane complexity of Windows these days, is, it boggles the mind. Yeah. yeah. So if you're someone who's working in that world, uh, don't let this one pass you by. NetLogon is a, is a serious one. Do check it out. Yep. Um, my last story this week is actually uh, a sad one. Um, it's, this is from, uh, from Graham Cluley, uh, host of Smashing Security Podcast, uh, uh, cybersecurity guy, um, well-known in the industry. And he's commenting on a report from the Associated Press. Um, there was a hospital in Dusseldorf, Germany, who got hit by ransomware. Mm-hmm. And because they got hit by the ransomware, they had to shut down their ER and divert patients to other facilities. Uh, and there was a woman who, because of this shutdown, had to be transferred to a facility about 20 miles away. And because of that delay, she died. Right. Uh-huh. Um, now, it turns out that the hackers or the bad guys were not after this hospital. They were after a university, the Dusseldorf University, that is associated with this hospital. They were not after the hospital itself. So when the police reached out to the criminals and said, you've, you've reached, you, this is a hospital, knock it off, they sent them the decryption key to unlock everything. But for this one woman, it was too late. Right. Um, and they say the prosecutors, the local prosecutors are launching an investigation into the hackers on suspicion of negligent manslaughter. Um, who knows if they'll ever catch them, but uh, people are, are noting that this may be the first case of someone losing their life because of, directly or indirectly, uh, because of a ransomware incident. It's interesting. Yep. I figured it would have happened already. With everything that was going on at the beginning of C nineteen and everybody, you know, all the hospitals probably this is the first directly provable. I mean, obviously we've yeah, had right, ransomware yeah. attacks yeah. that have shut down city centers and 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 uh, you know re- emergency response things and and things of that nature. But this is probably the first you could just you know draw the line between the two so easily. Um, I hope they prosecute. I hope they catch them. <laughs> yeah, even that's the first step. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And, you know, word of note to uh, any any ransomware developers out there, make sure you send your stuff to the right place. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, think and twice leave about hospitals it. alone. Is... Right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, at the outset of COVID-19, there were several ransomware organizations who made uh, hay out of saying that we are not going to go after medical facilities how long did that, that did last la- didn't yeah. didn't last long at all well because, criminals gonna criminal yeah 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 so no uh no honor there among thieves but uh yeah so kind of a, a sad milestone to mark a uh, reminder at how serious this stuff is in this case these guys were sloppy and because of their sloppiness uh, that certainly contributed to someone losing their life so yeah. Good times, guys. All right. On that Woo. happy note. <laughs> still in a good mood, Dave? Still, I am still in a good mood. Oh, so. well, good for you. <laughs> Ain't no ransomware going to bring you down. No, You're walking no, on no, sunshine no, no, today. No. That's right. That's right. I've got bounce in my step and a little uh, bluebird of happiness is perched on my shoulder. So there you go. All right, guys. Good to catching up. I will talk to you guys next time. Excellent. When you're probably sad again. Probably, yep. <laughs> Closing shout outs. Baseball's been going great. Shout out to the Dodgers. Uh, Bundesliga starts back up again uh, today, which is, well, there's just, yeah, it's because their whole season got delayed for three months. So it only just ended a couple weeks ago and now they're starting up again. So yay. Uh, things are going well enough in Germany that there will actually be crowds. Uh, they're letting fans in, 20% oh, wow. capacity, uh, dependent on, of course, uh, levels of, of virus outbreaks. Only hometown crowds. Uh, they're not letting people travel to the other cities to see the games. So kind of responsible uh, given their levels of what's going on right now. So, yeah. Wow. 
Hey, and we get a new Ted Lasso today. Woohoo! Oh, that's right. Speaking That'll of. be tonight. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> very excited about okay. that. So, see, we kind of had some shout outs. There we go. Ish. Until Ish. next time, I'm Brian Schillmeister. <laughs> and I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. This show is a labor of love, but your support keeps the show going. If you like the show, please visit GOG.show slash donate to help us out and we'll love you forever. Or visit GOG.shop and pick up some good old fashioned GOG swag. And if you can't do that, then please pass the show along to a friend. Word of mouth is the only way the show grows, so spread the grump far and wide. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 473. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, donate to the show, buy our swag, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy.